Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor of Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com. Of course, we also have FightfulSelect.com. You can get all your free wrestling news over at Fightful and Fightful Wrestling. But if you want some extra stuff, we've got a ton of exclusive content, alternate commentary, dark match commentary, Fightful Select Weekender Pods, where I review everything that isn't Raw and SmackDown. We have Q&A shows, members-only shows, uh, UFC rankings, breakdowns, all that cool stuff. Also, this show brought to you by omg.com. That's O-M-G-H-E-E.com. A food and fitness revolution is coming, and Guy is helping spearhead that. Check it out. It is a healthy alternative to butter. You can get your omega-3s, your omega-9s, your CLA, which is known to fight cancer. Check them out at omg.com and see all of the, the health benefits that that can provide. It's used by a lot of high-level athletes and a, a lot of medium-level athletes, for that matter. It's just a healthier alternative, a great way to cook your pork chops, your burgers, anything that you would use butter for, use ghee for. You can also find them at omgbutter.com on Twitter. Let them know that you heard about them from us. I am joined tonight by Alex Pawlowski and Jeff Hawkins. Right after this show, I am going live with the Triple H Media post-show uh, post conference. I don't know what the hell they're calling it. I'm going live for it, though, damn it. Jeff, how's it going? Going great. Well, it you told me to keep my hold on. You told me to keep my answer short, so I did. <laughs> yes, because we have to go live after this. Anyway, you'll be surprised to learn that the two guys on, on the show with me are are in the past. Might as well be. I mean, it's it's what time is it there? Seven p.m. Seven thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. You're rocking in the central. I here I am ten thirty. My week my work night's getting started. It's gonna be wild tonight, guys. We'll go ahead and uh, get some of the pre-show stuff out of the way. Pat McAfee was on here again. I thought he was great. I love the interactions with EC3. They showed uh, Keith Lee in the crowd. They also showed EC3 and Kyrie Sane. Alex, uh, your thoughts, Keith Lee officially with WWE and NXT. Uh, th- listen, they, they just keep stacking the deck. Uh, there's, 
I don't honestly. This the, the, I love how long the the matches are on on uh, takeovers. They tell great stories, but there are only five of them, and they've got a, a roster that's stacked top to bottom with great people that could be out here performing on the biggest shows. Adding a Keith Lee to the roster is like, well, okay, now where are you going to put him? I mean, it's great. I can't wait to see him do stuff. He's going to, but wow, you know, riches. My cup overfloweth. Jeff, your thoughts on any pre-show stuff as well as uh, this the official signing of Keith Lee? I uh, did not like McAfee until the EC3. Uh, really? Go between. And then, like then, the he, uh, then, he, then it turned me around. Um, as for Keith Lee, if it gets Dijak on screen and we Ooh. get that feud again in those matches, I'll take it. Even if they're a team because they're a pretty good team as well, I'll take that. Uh, Keith Lee belongs in the WWE. EC3 had cut a promo at the table, and uh, he did pop McAfee and said uh, that – I did like that McAfee referred to him as Mr. Three. Yes. Which yes. which was nice. EC3 said that he doesn't have to determine his future in the ring. He can on the microphone just fine. thought that was a good way to, to make a positive out of a kind of lame situation for him. McAfee also told Adam Cole that as a resident of North America, he expected that title to be defended tonight, which I also liked. But other than that, I thought their their interactions were – yeah, whatever. Uh, this show started off with a banger. Now, I, I've said on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, Birch and Lorcan, for me, are fighting an uphill battle because they have been, for better or worse, jobbers for the last several years. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, we're going to put you in with these guys who have been fairly protected almost immediately. And, oh, by the way, we're not going to give you any character while we do it. But, Jeff, uh, these performances tonight, these – they, they got the crowd to care about them. They, they weren't necessarily the most over guys at the beginning of the match, but they got a standing ovation by the end of it. Healed crowd for uh, Chicago to start with because they were uh, cheering yes. on the Undisputed Era. But this is this is the match I wanted that I talked about on, on Tuesday. I, I wanted a hard-hitting brawl to the point where it's just knees at the end and slaps. Loved this match. Absolutely loved it. I think it did a lot for Lurkin and Birch as well. This is... I mean, look, the last three years of the NXT tag division, I'd put up there with the uh, late 80s NWA. I mean, it's such a good legacy. And and it really, when you look at it, it's because of a diversified roster and it's headed by this tag division. Alex, I know you're a guy who cares about his tans. Why so many spray tans for four guys who live in Florida? I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fish belly I guess you could. I, I would refer to my, my my color, my palette as belly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I I I I burn. I don't tan, so I stay out of the sun as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as the match goes, um, gosh, I'm th- I was thinking about like I wonder if this is going to be the best tag match of the weekend, and it took me two seconds to remember that. Oh my god, yeah, the B team is in one of the matches, and the other one is going to be a squash. The Bludgeon Brothers. It's on the pre-show for tomorrow. Bludgeon yeah. Brothers versus the Gals Anderson. Like I'll take so many of the NXT tag teams over you know the tag teams in on the main roster. And added to that is Lorcan and Birch, who honestly, like I again, I was like I was with you. I was like that's kind of an odd team to give a title shot to, but they earned it in this match. Like they hung with these guys. They totally told a great story within it. Uh, you can't keep these crazy dudes down. I just love that they keep just throwing uppercuts and elbows and slaps and knees, and it was just great. And, yes, uh, the crowd was on the side of the Undisputed Era because they are objectively fantastic. 
Like, I mean, they're so great at being these douchebags. I, I, I got to give it up to them. They are great. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly starts by doing, if you train grappling, it's a butt scooting technique essentially used by some Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. One day that will result in a cartwheel pass into a headlock from one of his opponents. That spot is being set up to be countered because he does it often and doesn't really get sort of a comeuppance from what many could think is like almost a smart-ass technique. Really hard-hitting action. I like that I like that Birch knew how to counter the leg lock with his own. Uh, my only criticism was maybe they should have varied up the gear a little bit. Everybody's wearing the same <laughs> black trunks and yeah. boots. And, of course, you know we know that Roger Strong wears shitty little boots. So there's that. Heel Roderick oh. wears shitty little boots. What is it? I said heel Roderick wears shitty little boots. That, that is that, true. That's the magic of Do it. Do you think Marina is also going to wear shitty little boots? Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> is, is she does, does Does their son wear shitty little booties? Yes. Ah. Huh? Oh, man. <laughs> O'Reilly has a fantastic sell of a birch headbutt, and Lorcan goes over the top with a tope con hilo, really takes charge in the ring on the heels. Uh, Lorcan and Birch hit their wheelbarrow DDTs, and then there was a bump that Lorcan <laughs> took from the top rope to the apron. And when I saw it, like I tried to conjure up a sound out of my face, and what came out was, holy shit balls in space. I googled hey, chiropractors when that oh, bump happened. <laughs> man, that was filthy. Mm-hmm. That was a nasty bump. Undisputed Air really worked over Birch in the ring. After several minutes, Lorkin tags back in and gets that awesome double blockbuster outside. Such a cool mm-hmm. spot. Lorkin and Birch hit their finish, which is a doomsday uppercut. But Adam Cole pulls O'Reilly out. Uh, Jeff, I think my favorite thing about Undisputed Era is how much in every match, no matter what the stakes, they want to win. Mm-hmm everything it doesn't matter what it is they want to win i think i think my favorite thing about the undisputed era's matches of late is they get cocky about their skill to begin with and get caught with all these moves and in the end though it's their skill that gets them through and it's their technique that wins the matches i think that's what i love about every story in here i mean kyle o'reilly gets beat up in the early moments of almost every match he's in and just gets coolly laid but in the end he's a killer same with Roddy. I, I like that they're not eking out these wins either. Yeah, that's what I like. They're, they're so good that they don't have to necessarily eke them out, even though they did get some help from Adam Cole, who got kicked out. Kicked I wanted out. To, to give a quick shout-out to uh, Kyle O'Reilly for turning in the surprise match of the year contender for me this past week on NXT. Mm-hmm. Him and Pete Dunne. Like, I did not think that match was going to be as great as it was, and it was fire. So, yeah, I can't wait to see these guys have – individual like singles feuds as well because the three of them can really handle their own as well for those of you who never watched the kyle o'reilly kushida best of the super juniors match that is one of my favorite matches of all time this week uh thanks to jonathan ma on fightful select i broke down the drew gulak uh jack gallagher match because it was very it was heavy and grappling so it was really cool to be able to call that and kind of break that down from a stylistic standpoint one day I will break that Kushida Kyle O'Reilly match down on Fightful Select. So definitely check that out. I'm a big double wrist lock proponent, and that match was all about it. Lorkin power bombs strong and then puts him in a half crab. O'Reilly goes to guillotine but gets put in a cross face by Birch. This was a really good tease as a finish because then O'Reilly rolled around, kicked uh, 
kicked Lorcan in the face. And uh, the crowd just went crazy for this, Jeff. This was an awesome spot. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's it, the, the, the hitting. It, it's funny because in these types of matches, you know, you might get hard hitting in the beginning and then it kind of kind of lets up at the end and it never did. And that's that's why I love this match so much. It, it's like they came here to fight and all they did was fight the entire time, even though there was and there was a wrestling match in between. Total elimination wins it for Undisputed Era. Alex, as I mentioned, NXT hasn't done a great job establishing characters for Lorcan and Birch, but this match went a long way in at least making me give a shit about them. Oh, yeah, I'll always root for these guys I mean, because they're absolute nuts. <laughs> they're total nuts, and, and you know that they're underdogs in every match they're going to be in because not only are they small, but they're, like, objectively, they, they don't feel as skilled as the other guys. You just have to kill them in order to beat them. I think that's a really interesting thing for them. Um, there's a great place on 205 Live for Oni Lorcan eventually because he's like nothing else they have up there. He's just a whirling dervish of elbows. You know, like that's totally different than everything else they're doing up there, which would make for really interesting matches. Speaking of interesting matches. Oh, by the way, I do post, post my match ratings for these every morning. Um, I didn't rate anything seven stars on this show, but <laughs> but uh, I do have those up. Rickish, I, I might might rate Velveteen Dreams entrance and presentation seven stars, even though I go out of a ten one out of ten rating. This was fantastic. Velveteen Dream came out dressed like Hulk Hogan, acting like Hulk Hogan, who was a member of the judges panel when he was on Tough Enough, except for his pants. His pants were red and yellow but they were actually Prince Puma pants. Alex, I thought this was a fantastic touch. This whole entrance was awesome, and he was soaking it up. This was uh, so great because it's absolutely uh, a tie-in to the Twitter feud that him and Ricochet have been having, where Ricochet calls himself King Ricochet uh, on Twitter. Um, And so uh, Dream says, well, if you're going to be the king, then I get to be the prince. And so his Twitter avatar is him wearing the Prince Puma mask from Lucha Underground. So he's just trolling this guy the whole way through. I mean, the it's I mean it's the next level of like airbrushing your opponent's face on your tights. He's like, I'm wearing your tights you used to wear at this other other promotion you used to do. It's great. Gosh, it's so great. Jeff, your thoughts on the entrance of one Velveteen Dream who very much gets it. Yeah. Um I, I like the Prince Puma tights. Hogan, I can do without, but that's just a personal touch. I liked what he did with it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't want Hulk, Hulk Hogan back in this company. But oh, I, I don't either. I was just, I think, I think that he has just an unmeasurable level of troll within him. Yes. To the point, I think his finishing move should be whatever his opponent's finishing move is. That should literally be his finishing move. For any match, he should just steal his opponents on a match-to-match basis, and I think that would work <laughs> out great on the main roster. Uh, and and he could probably do it too. Now I don't think he's busting out at six thirty, but I think that he could he could make it work and, and really do well with it. Ricochet's entrance maybe not as great, but I mean he was great in this match. This was the the people's main event essentially. It was the match I was most looking forward to. Uh, Dream knocks Ricochet off the top rope. Busts out an Air Jordan, which is where you step on the middle rope inside the ring. 
and do a Topecon Hilo to the outside of the ring. Maybe not as pretty as an ACH can do it, but he did it, and it looked really, I mean, it was really cool. Ricochet himself does a 619, a Fosbury flop, a springboard European uppercut for two. Jeff, he makes all this look easy. Like I think that's what, if, if, if somebody who was against this style had a problem with it, I think that would, I think the fact that he makes it look so easy, I don't know if it helps the match or takes away from it. In this case, for the first third of the match, it took away a little bit from it because I thought, I, I want to call him Patrick Clark so bad, but I thought Velveteen yeah. Dream, I thought he looked a little sloppy. It looked a little gangly. It was the kind of selling where it looks like you're trying to sell in terms of when he's missing moves. It's it's in a little bit of slow motion. It, it didn't. It looked like I, I I commented at first. I go. I mean, I was thinking, does, does he know he's in the biggest match of his life right now because he's not acting like it? And he might have been just conserving energy for later. But once once they got past doing headlocks on each other, which I thought was interesting in some ways. Uh, then the high flying started, and then it was then it got really good. But but I think, you know, Ricochet is so crisp that he makes anybody who tries to ape that same style look not as crisp. Yeah, and that's part of the charm of Velveteen Dream is that he walks a little bit different, he stumbles a little bit different, sells a little bit different. Meanwhile, Ricochet is so smooth with everything. He gets a standing star press for two. Alex Dream hits what is called on commentary a Death Valley bomb. That was a goddamn attitude adjustment off the second rope is what that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to see him do the cartwheel thing uh, off, the, off the top. No. But, um, yes, that was, for all intents and purposes, that was a Death Valley driver off the top rope, even though it certainly was not. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, this this is a great contrast in styles to me. This is... This is um, Velotrin Dream trying his to the to the very end to to live up to that anything you can do the dream can do better like that was his story he was telling in this match I'm gonna do your moves I'm, and I feel like I'm better at them than you are even though we can see that Ricochet is a frigging you know Marvel superhero and to me like I wouldn't ask Steph Curry to like you know cool it because. It's not really believable how great you can dribble and shoot from forty feet. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch that. I I want to see these athletes to their absolute full potential. And the fact that it's Ricochet can do all this stuff and make it look like he's barely even breaking a sweat makes it more spectacular to me. Now, the the, the, the artist of the artistry of that is that eventually he comes up a guy who can up against a guy who can stop him from doing it that way. And that's what I'm waiting for because that's the storyline progression. But for me, I loved everything that was going on between these two in this match, back and forth. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, at an open house that we did to promote my uh, my gym or the gym that I trained at, we did a pro wrestling match, and I took a vertical suplex on the matted area on top of concrete. My L3, L4, and L5 did not thank me for it over the next several months. <laughs> that was from a standing position. Velveteen Dream and Ricochet did a goddamn superplex to the floor. To the floor. I'm sure that hurt, Alex. Uh, it looked like it hurt. It looked like it hurt. It I looked think. like he's going to be walking like a dumbass all week. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he already does. He kind of does. Both of them. Well, Dream kind of does. 
Jeff, that was that was some pain. That was some good stuff. I'm just thankful he doesn't have to do a ladder match tomorrow night. That's yeah. that would be the move to do uh, for WWE. Yeah, I uh, I saw that. I'm like, okay, is is uh, Dream gonna take that bump? Oh no, it's Ricochet. It's gonna take that bump. Not that it's easier on Dream either, but uh, yeah, that, that's a career shortening type of move right there. Whew, boy. Cartwheel Death Valley driver gets two inside the ring. Ricochet's back gives out after a Northern Light suplex, and he ends up trading super kicks with Dream. Dream gets that spinning DDT he does, which looks awesome. Dream starts to slap Ricochet, but then the then Ricochet hits a Cartwheel Death Valley driver of his own, does the Dream pose, but can't get the win after his own purple Rainmaker. Dream gets the knees up on a shooting star attempt, and he goes all the way across the ring and misses on a purple rainmaker 630 on the dreams back wins goddamn jeff i love the story of velveteen dream it was almost like his insecurity was shining through in this because he didn't believe ricochet was on his level yet he kept trying to one up ricochet throughout this match to show that he could and it ended up biting him in the ass this was such an awesome match this was fantastic and in the talk you could tell he was a little insecure because he kept calling him bingo hall Come on, yeah. Bingo Hall, keep going. And my favorite moment, it's a little thing in this match, when, when they start chanting, this is awesome, and Dream looks at Ricochet and goes, I am awesome. And I just <laughs> I lost it. I absolutely lost it at that point. Yeah. Um, great match. Uh, you know, it, it's. I'm interested to see where, where what they do with Dream from here. I, I still think they're going to do a return match in Brooklyn, but I'm not certain of that. To be fair, um, I can't wait for the inevitable Velveteen Dream versus Chris Jericho match down the line. If they let Jericho just go crazy, like save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like he has been. Because you got that footage of him like encouraging Dream after his tough enough elimination to keep at it and all that stuff. I think they could really play off of that. Alex, your thoughts on this? Where does this rank on match of the night scale for you? Well, this this was this was my match of the night. Um, uh, I mean, as far as, as far as in-ring work goes, it's like, I, I, there's, we'll talk about this when we get to it, the final match on the card tonight. It's, I can't, I can't rate it compared to like regular wrestling because it's beyond stuff for me. But as far as the, the other matches, the other four, um, this is, this was my match of the night. And I, for me, uh, I, I, I see Ricochet as the next um, NXT champion. Like, I feel like that's where we're progressing to. Um, and I feel like Velveteen Dream is the guy who eventually takes it off of Ricochet. Um, and that match is going to somehow be better than this match. And I can't wait. Up next, we had Shayna Baszler defeating Nikki Cross for the, uh, to defend the NXT Women's Championship. Nikki plays mind games with Baszler, clotheslines her shins while Baszler's on the apron. I love that spot. That was really cool. Beat her up in the ring, sp- ring skirt. Then Baszler 
straight up bam bams Nikki into the ramp. That was a gross spot, Alex. I'm I'm talking for those when I say bam bams, I mean when he had Taz on his back and just just the straight backdrop. That was nasty. Nasty. There there was such every God, every match had such great in-ring storytelling because you have Shayna Baszler, who's just this absolute badass, going up against somebody who has no fear. Shayna Baszler can't bully Nikki Cross because Nikki Cross is insane. You know, like it's like it's like it's like Batman beating up all these thugs, and then he comes up to against the Joker. The Joker's like, ah, you, you can punch me if you want to. That'd be fun. Like <laughs> that's what this is. And and Nikki Cross just she takes that, and and the fact that she later in the match is just smiling. Like she's just this insane person. I, I, I was watching this match, and I absolutely desperately need an Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross feud because that's the absolute far of the spectrum between these two people and their characters. Uh, yeah, it's great. So, Cross is smiling. Really, all she's missing is a tooth in her nose to be that reminiscent of of Mick Foley in, in that regard. She cry, or Baszler cracks Nikki with this big knee, some really good ground and pound. That's what leads to the, the smile. Cross comes back with a, a crossbody press, and I I laughed out loud, Jeff, at Nigel calling the reverse DDT on the apron a slop drop. <laughs> <laughs> that was Henry O. Godwin's finish in the nineties. At least they didn't call it, what was it the uh, Sting Death Drop or whatever he used to call it, Scorpion Death Drop, Scorpion Death Drop, yeah. Um, Call it the slop drop. Yeah, why not? Why not? I love it. <laughs> not just reverse DDT. The slop drop. Cross does. I'll, I'll bust this one. Out. Does the au revoir in the corner? Since we're since we're doing that, I guess the rear naked choke is locked on Nikki Cross, and she's fighting it. This is the first time concern has been on her face throughout the whole match, and then the smile happens, and then she's put out, mm-hmm. and it's like she knows, and that's it. I think there is no better way to end this match and to end Nikki Cross in NXT than what we just saw. And that's what this was. This was a goodbye to the character. This was a showcase of the character. Um, Poetic. It, it was, and it was, it was fitting. I, I, th- I would have liked to have seen Nikki and Shayna do a little bit more crazy around the arena stuff for my liking, but you know, you weren't going to get that because that's all Nikki did in like, I remember the four-way with Asuka and the the Iconics in there. I was there. There was a lot of it. I mean, that was great. I mean, Nikki Cross has been such a rock for this NXT women's division. It wasn't the match I wanted, but it was a great great match nevertheless. And I think it's a fitting. It was a fitting match for her. Alex, your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm, I'm not reporting anything. I'm just expecting Nikki Cross to be up with sanity at this point. Well, I think that that it maybe uh, I don't know if it was always intentional to hold sanity off this long. No, it wasn't. They they just there's no way they start running VTRs. Yeah, it was, it was seven just, weeks ago and then so, stop. Like so weird, but what a hap- what a happy accident then that they are able to that they have been held off long enough so they can debut as a foursome because uh, I think that's really important. I think it's a really great thing to have a. Uh, for lack of a better term, an intergender faction with three men and a woman. Um, I think it's, 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 you don't see it in WWE 
uh, anymore. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, if that is indeed the case. Uh, and yes, I loved the ending. It's a, it's a perfect poetic ending for Nikki cross that she never gave up. And in fact, she went out smiling. Yeah. And I mean, you can kind of see it coming, but it was the right move. Hey guys, check out our friends at knockdown media on Twitter. Uh, they host Knockdown Sports Radio, uh, Chris Calicut and Cody Teague. We're going to be doing some work with them this weekend and this week. I'll be appearing on their show. Check them out. They drive uh, They drive a little bit deeper into topical sports stories. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, and more. Uh, I'll tell you all more about them Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday this week. And I'll be appearing to talk some rampant NBA speculation this week. Also, you all can talk to me about that. Over on the uh, Fightful forums, I've set up a thread over there. Really want to hear what you guys think about NBA free agency. One of my favorite things in the world. One of my favorite things in the world was not this Lars Sullivan-Alistair Black match in which Alistair Black won. A fine match. But, Jeff, I think we saw why Lars Sullivan isn't necessarily the guy for this spot. And probably shouldn't have been. But that, that whiff at the end, man, that was pretty egregious. It was, and this was this was a lot like a main roster match with a big man versus a little man. I think that's also why the crowd wasn't as much into it as as maybe other matches. Um, yeah, I mean it it didn't it didn't stink up the joint, but it wasn't um, it wasn't bad. I didn't think. I, I just I just think my my issue with it was Velveteen Dream got so much offense on Ricochet to begin with in that match that Ricochet felt like he was working from underneath. And the same thing happened here in this Alistair Black match. So your two singles matches, last two singles matches by the men were the were the smaller baby face who everybody in the crowd really wants to see do their thing, getting beat down at first and then having to come come and and uh and overcome. And I just think it it, it was patterned very similarly, even though the two two pairs are not similar at all. Yeah, I didn't dislike this match or anything. It got a 6 yeah. out of 10 in my my rating system, which is above average. But Sullivan opens, catches Black Mass, runs into Black a bunch of times, and then Sullivan catches a moonsault and slams him. This leads to a bit of a slam party for Sullivan. He hits a pop-up power slam. And at this point, Black really had no offense. And Black kicks Sullivan, gets one knee up on that splash attempt. Alex, am I alone in that I was concerned for Alistair Black after he had that knee crushed? Uh, no, that it didn't look, it didn't look good. Um, and you, you just, you know, you wonder, cause all these, these guys, you know, all these spots are all built in to be like, Oh, well, he's favoring the leg. Well, like he could be legitimately favoring the leg. Um, yeah, this, this match, uh, especially in the early going, I was trying to rem- to figure out what it, what it reminded me of. And it looked it looked like, if you had like a kind of a, you know, this like big, slow, like a 12 year old wrestling around in the backyard with, with a bunch of six year olds, the way that he would run over people, like that's what it looked like. Just like just barreling towards somebody and then yeah. like just using his girth to just knock somebody over that's smaller than him. It didn't, it, there was no grace to it whatsoever. Like whatsoever. It just was just this thing just like a skyscraper moving through the ring and knocking over a smaller building there was no grace to whiffing on the black mass i mean i don't know whose fault that was but you had the feel 
I'll put it like this. Never seen Alistair Black miss it before. Not in a live event. Not on a TV match. Now, granted, on TV matches, they're taped, but I've, I've seen him wrestle a half dozen times live. Never seen it. Maybe maybe it's happened before, but I, I've not witnessed it. Black does unleash a series of kicks before this. Got slammed down by his own foot, which was an impressive spot, but it was all Black doing it, the, the flip back into it. Lars does a chop block and a stretch muffler. After the whiff on the Black Mass, they do a bit of a reset. You can tell that Black was like, no, we're not finishing like this. So Sullivan gets up, eats a couple more, pin. If you could cut that one little spot out of the match, I think it helps it out a lot. But otherwise, not not like an offensive match, but not where I would like to see NXT Championship matches, Jeff. Especially considering that before the la- before like a year ago, we got a lot of these either average or just above average NXT Championship matches. Right, but it's also a different kind of NXT Championship match that we've never had before. We've never had the giant really go after the NXT title. Unless was there a Baron Corbin NXT title match that I'm forgetting somewhere in this in this litany? Okay, so we've never had we've never had a guy that's kind of in. That, let, let's put it this way: you get the feeling that they told Lars to go out there and work like a guy that Vince would like, and you've never yeah. really had that kind of match here. And Alistair Black's not the kind of guy to me. Uh, like I said, I, I don't the, the two styles could like I said on Tuesday the two styles could be a styles clash and that's what i think it was in many ways alex any additional thoughts on this match no i I just want i want to see alistair black work with somebody that can really push him and you know give us a a great nxt championship match again yep i want to see champa or dream and dreams probably not going there after he lost champa might though he defeated johnny gargano technically in this street fight Backstage, Candice gives Johnny a crutch and tells him to kick Ciampa's ass. Gargano does a cannonball off the apron, beats up Ciampa with like a stop sign, does a body press into the crowd. Ciampa gains the advantage, places a chair around Gargano's neck, and then throws him into the stairs. The stairs played a real story in this match, and we've not seen a lot of that in recent years in WWE, which is, is a touch that I like. Johnny starts to actually, Gargano gets uh, catapulted in the bottom buckle. And Ciampa introduces the handcuffs, kind of setting up for later. But he eats a slingshot spear. I love the you deserve it chance from the crowd as Gargano starts to whip Ciampa. You know, Jeff, when when Roman Reigns goes and does interviews and says, aren't I already a heel? (laughs) This is what I point point to and say, no, you're fucking not. Because the majority of the people in that crowd like, respect, enjoy the work of Tommaso Ciampa, but they're all there for the ride. They are all ready to boo him. I mean, that's they chant you deserve it when he's getting whipped by a belt. Man, that, that's a good heel in 2018 in my estimation. This match was all about hate. You had knee pads over the pants, which you knew... You knew yes. that means it's a street fight. You I pull. love when mm, the Pope mm, on TNA... The Pope yes. on TNA a couple of years ago explained why they do that. because, And that, that's what a great color commentator does. He said, we wear street clothes in a street fight because you're going to get shit torn up and you and ring gear is expensive. It's a lot mm-hmm. cheaper to replace a pair of lead dungarees than it is custom-made gear. This was good stuff. There's a yeah. super, can, or super kick into the trash can. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. 
I was going to say, you had the homage to ECW circa 96 with the stop sign in between the two pieces of poster board, which I liked. And, uh, and, and to go back to the Tommaso Ciampa heel thing, the, the spitting on the, on the wedding ring. That's what makes you a heel, kids. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I watched some 1995 ECW for Fightful Select for next month's retro review. Uh, oh, boy. I'll say mm. this. The best thing about that is watching the Sandman, realizing he's going to try some crazy athletic shit that he's probably not going to pull off and just seeing if he does it or not. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a powerbomb lung blower and a uh, knee to a trash can that gets Chompa back into things. He gets uh, an air raid crash outside on the stairs for two. And then he finds some bolt cutters. And I thought he was going to chop Gargano's nuts off at this point. And Alex, you thought it too. I thought thought he was going to go right for the penis. No, honestly, I thought he was going finger. I thought he was was going to like try for the finger, then get stopped. But that, you know, I watched a lot of Goliath over the past couple months. I should have thought that because they do that a lot. This was this was cool. He starts to chop away at the ring skirt, and uh, what ties down the mat exposes all that. That's really really cool. So, <laughs> this is, I just love that. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen that in WWE. We saw it in TNA a lot. We've seen it in Ring of Honor, but not not in WWE. Uh, Gargano tries a slingshot outside, gets caught by a trash can lid, but then Ciampa runs his knee into the stairs. Gargano jumps all over it. Eventually, Ciampa drags Gargano to the stage and reenacts the turn last year. Alex, I thought this was a great touch. Like, this is why I can't compare it to other wrestling matches, because this this is the next chapter in in a feud that has lasted longer than these guys have been feuding. Like, they were starting the heel turn for a year before the heel turn happened. Like, it was, it was brewing... And it was just delicious. Like if you go back and watch all their stuff from when they were just DIY, and they, the, the, whenever Johnny would come up short and and, and Champa would, he just he'd want to yell at him because it was his fault, but he didn't because he were friends. Like all that building up to this, and then reenacting it, but reversed, like the air raid crash off the off the road box through the table that Champa did last time. Gargano does this time and they reenact the same Hell shot of, of Gargano sitting on the road box, looking down at Champa's <coughs> crumpled body, which is a direct reversal of the, of last year's like so yeah. good, just off the charts, off the charts. Great. God, spot. I love this match. I'll, gi- I'll give you another one too. The, uh, the, when, when they were teasing the power bomb onto onto the plywood, it, it it's a throwback to the tease of the of the power bomb onto the concrete that they eventually got to, and then they didn't pay it off this time. I just absolutely loved that part of it. So good. So the referee calls for help after several minutes. Champa is is carted off, but Gargano goes after him. Champa screams for help. The Gargano escape is applied, and Champa taps. At some point, I'm told the ref was knocked down on the apron, but Champa taps twice. Officials come and get him again. He breaks loose to huge tear, huge cheers and starts fighting off the <laughs> the officials, does Gargano. I'll tell you all this. Carino can't take a punch like he used to. That's for damn sure. Those BJ Whitmer punches really, really did a number on him, apparently, because he's he's down after one from Gargano. Ciampa DDTs Gargano on the wood and wins. I'm glad Ciampa won. It's what I think all we I think we were all five and zero oh in our predictions for this 
which which I think speaks to the greatness of a show like this, that we can be so entertained by something that we know the conclusions of. But I didn't think this was a great finish. Jeff, what'd you think? Oh, I loved this finish. I loved the fact that he got the tap, but the referee wasn't there to do it. And then his own hatred ended up being his undoing. I thought that was fitting. I, I, I thought absolutely- the execution could have been better, rather. Okay. That, okay. that I mean, that's it. I, I think the finish was good, but they could have had a very clear, like, right next to the ring, because even if it's a minute and a half later, I'm like, where the hell's this ref? And the best, yeah, the, 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 I didn't know where the ref was at the time. I thought the ref was actually, you know, somewhere in the back by then. But um, it, it's weird, but they didn't follow through on it necessarily. But my favorite part of the execution of the ending was at the end when he got the three count, the, the image of Ciampa kind of crying on Johnny's chest there as, as he did that. I thought that was yes. very, very cool. Alex, thoughts on this match? Um, the I the, the I mean I don't know if this is eventually where they're going, but it certainly happened in in this match tonight. If you're gonna do, Johnny Gargano gives into his hate and turns to the dark side. This is how you do that shit. I thought like, they were almost gonna make Ciampa sympathetic, like maybe he pouts like, and cries a little bit. Here's the thing: you don't even need to do a double turn. Yeah, like, but in the moment, Johnny Gargano had lost it, and that was totally different than something we'd seen before. Like I, and yes, I agree with you. The ref bump was stupid, and it happened two minutes earlier. But and I don't think you need to show Champa tapping twice in order to make this thing effective. If he doesn't tap, and this thing ends the same way, it's perfect because Gargano's. Gargano's hatred and the fact that he just lost it, it was his own undoing. And I think that this is, it's just so great. Like, and there's a thing because of this, it's not over. We get another one of these and, and like, who knows how great that one's going to be. I, like, I don't think we should, but, but it also doesn't have to be next. It, it, yeah. We can, no, we no, can no, move no. away from this for a while. Ab- absolutely. Be- eventually there, but you got to have, a rubber match between these three. Like this, like it's, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what is great. OMG.com. Go check them out guys. Let them know you heard from or heard about them by us on Twitter at OMG butter. Follow us at fightful of mine. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can follow Alex at Palowski the fourth. You can follow Jeff crap game 13. You can follow me at Sean Ross app. I am hopping over onto the NXT post-show uh, conference call. So definitely just switch the stream. It's up on Fightful.com. We will have that going live in a matter of minutes. Also, check out FightfulSelect.com. It is an awesome premium service that we're giving you all now. Just check it out. Give it a glance. Until next time, guys, we are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.